and it is live 15 16 minutes late but here we are um yeah Christo's not with us yet i think he should be on but we have a balkan replacement we have ian uh first time guest and we've got dave as always but i'll start with you ian how how are you man it's good to have you on for the first time it's great it's great it's you know you, ha you have to have one balkan representative on on the show and Glad to fill that spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we got Dave back as always. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm glad to be back and glad to talk Inter. Finally, now we we got like what two, three game, three days before the the matches actually start. So I'm excited. No more international games. Yeah, man. Oh, it's been such a boring international break. Even with everything that you know has been kind of funny happening. I mean, you had the whole like Argentina Brazil thing. Like, I mean, all kinds of mess happening, but uh, it's just been so boring. But, yeah, it's good to have Inter back. I've been hyped to talk about, you know, the club over, like, I don't want to talk about the U.S. national team. Like, nobody nobody watches them. So, yeah, it's good to have good to have some club ball back. Um, starting off uh, three days from now, I think is what Dave said, and I think that's right, um, is Sampdoria, uh, first match of – like this long run where you're going to have enter every single like three days, four days for like a month. Um, I'll start with you, Ian. How are you feeling about going into this new Sampdoria team, like with Caputo and all their new signings? Well, I think it's going to be difficult. Um, it's always difficult against Sampdoria. I think, you know, even Antonio Contreras and somehow always finding new ways to screw us over. Um, but I don't know, I'm kind of confident at the same time as well, because, you know, Inzaghi has been doing good right now. And even if the recent injuries are true, like the Stefano Stancy one, again, um, I know, I, I still think if, like, um, we have up top Lautaro Martinez and Correa, they could do bits. It, it could be, it could turn out good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... Dave, we were talking about this right before we went on, and you were—you seem a little on the fence about our chances in this match. How are how how are you feeling on the record? Uh, well, I'm 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 right there with Ian. Um, I, I do have to give him their respect because historically, for some reason, that trip to um to um Genoa always gives us an issue when we go to play Sampdoria. So uh, can can Driver is gonna find a way to to make us regret sending them away? Quagliarella, uh, you know, you got to give him his respect. Chicho, Chicho Caputo was a guy, what, two seasons ago? Last season was up, up there in the 20s as far as goal scores, so you know his uh, capabilities. Um, but what I'm most worried about is not really Sampdoria, but is as far as we go. Because um, tonight, Argentina got, got a match they're playing, so that means Lotaro and um, Correa are probably going to play a match tonight, and then they're going to be traveling back tomorrow, which is going to be Friday, you know? So I doubt that they're going to play. If they play, probably going to be, like, coming off the bench. So that means that we're probably stuck with Zeko and um, Sensi. Because Sensi did come out and uh, he dispelled the rumors saying that he's fine and that he's been training or whatnot. So let's hope that is true because I would hate to have to throw in Satriano. Because um, even though he's talented, you're not sure exactly what he can do, for sure. And I would rather throw him in a situation where we have 4-0 no pressure on, let him do what he can do. So uh, that was just my long-winded way of saying that um, I'm I'm confident because, like Ian said, we do have the better quality overall, even if we're talking about deaf players compared to their starters. And um, I, I, I believe um, Inzaghi will find a way to make it happen. So I'll go 2-0 enter. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those really cagey matches, especially off an international break. You know, we always have guys, a lot of guys that have to come back. And then we always end up, I mean, at least it's a Sunday this time. There are matches on Saturday. So we have a Sunday, but it's still like a lunchtime Italian time match, which we always seem to get. And we always come out flat in those, especially off of like a break. I can remember maybe on like one hand, the good starts we've had at that time, like, it's it's going to be a challenge. It'll be the first big, you know, getting everybody back, trying to get everything back together, kind of managing a bigger club moment for Inzaghi. Um, I think he can handle it. I think he'll be fine. Uh, he's had um, Alexis Sanchez, who might be on the bench, but he's coming back, so that'll be good. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to be Dzeko Sensi. And then in the Champions League, which we'll get to in a bit, um, against Real, it's going to be – um, the first time that we see Lautaro and Correa together, which will be fun. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a little worried. Um, I could definitely see it being a close match. I mean, and it's at Samp, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, so, I mean, last year that was one of the few losses I, uh, I can remember, and that was like a really, really weird match. I don't know what was going on there really. But, I mean, hopefully this season, like, nobody really – keeps any of that like in their mind i mean that was january so i mean it's been a while new coach but also a new look samp who i'm actually really interested to see so i think it'll be interesting um uh what else do we have we have um who's been off oh yeah also dumfries i've seen that he might get a start in the champions league uh i think that's kind of a big big jump to go from not starting to your first start for Inter being in the Champions League, but I mean, I guess why not? Um, but circling back, I'll go on the record. I'll say the Samp match. I think I'm going to agree with um Nick's on our stream right here. He says it's going to be a tough match, two one. I think that's that's a very close call. I would say the one is probably a Handanovic standstill moment, <laughs> but <laughs> I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to what I'm really excited for. Um, First match of the Champions League at home, Real Madrid, fans in the stadium. It's going to be really fun to watch. Um, I'll start off with Ian. Um, how are you feeling about that match, Champions League, all that? Well, not only is it going to be a great match to you know to see from the TV, but for me, it's going to be an amazing match to see live because I'm actually going. Um, it's going to be a while, but um, glad to be back at the stadium. I I'm actually terrified about the match. Um, <laughs> for me, Real Madrid, like we saw last year, like mistakes happen all the time. Even with Hakimi, like it, they're just an experienced team that know how to get the best out of everything, every situation, you know. Um, and even with Handanovic, God, I love him. My, he comes from my town, but like it, it's gonna be a struggle, I think. Not not yeah. optimistic. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty optimistic, which is usually a bad thing with this team, especially in the Champions League these past few years. Um, I was telling Dave before we started, like, it's always a cycle. Like, we get back to the first match of the Champions League group stage, and we're all hype, and we're like, yeah, like, this is the year we finally get through. And then by the end, you're like, God, just make this stop. Like, I don't want to watch another, like, nil-nil draw, or, like, we need, like, one goal to get through, and we're not going to get it or we give up a dumb goal. Like there's always just something, but then like 
you, you have enough time off, you come back around and it's just, you're ready again. And that's where I'm at. I'm at the beginning of that cycle. I'm ready. I think our best match against Real last season was the away match where they didn't have Ramos. And of course he's gone now. So I think that it's a good chance. I think we have a good chance to really get something out of that match. Even if it's just a draw, that is huge for like down the road in this group. But uh, Dave, what do you think? Uh, well, I'm, I'm like on the fence as well. First of all, um, Ian, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy you're going to get to be back there and, and see our boys live and I'm, I'm happy for you man I'm excited for you I could I could I could tell that you're excited as well yeah. um but um Dumfries man let's let's let, let me say something about Dumfries I'm surprised as well that all the rumors are saying that he's, he's supposed to be getting his first start against Real Madrid I would have expected him to start I guess um against Sump coming up um if anything if it's not working out we can always throw in um Darmian at the 60th minute or something like that. I feel like we have more of a margin of error per se because he's still a, a question mark to us at least. Unless to Inzaghi, he, he no longer is a question mark. Inzaghi knows what he got, what he can do, and he's ready to, to give him a start. Because they're saying that the reason why he didn't play last match uh, against Hellas Verona was because his fitness was still not up to par. And we could see that as well because this first match after the international, um, at the international break, uh, they, the Netherlands, they started somebody else right back and he came in as a sub. So I guess he's been working his way back and he's finally there as far as fitness, fitness, fitness goes. So I'm excited to see him. Um, I think he would do well, but, um, to circle back to the match, um, I'm excited as well because, um, there's a certain air of, uh, unpredictability that we have and that we didn't have for the past couple of years. Um, even with Spalletti, you know what you were going to get. You know, so with Inzaghi, um, they're saying that he's going to start Correa and Lotaro up top, or he might start Zeko and Lotaro, Zeko, Correa. You know, you really don't know what to expect as far as um, what our, our play is going to be like. So I think that we can match him up, um, push by the energy of the fans. And I hope Ian does his part as well. And he better not have a voice when next time we speak to him from screaming in the game. But yeah, I'm excited. I think the boys would do well. We could be surprised by by a surprise win here, and um, I'll be ready to do a pod right after that. <laughs> yeah, I want to circle back. I want to ask a couple of questions to Ian about the match, like uh, seat wise, like where are you gonna be, like how's how's it gonna, what are you expecting? I'm oh, sorry. expecting. We're sorry, yeah, go on. Before before Ian speaks, we're gonna keep ignoring Risto down there, okay? Because he should have been here with us. Now he wants to participate in the comments. Risto, we see your comments, but we're not gonna acknowledge them. <laughs> no, I'll get his comments in after this. Don't worry, don't worry, bro. Um, so regarding the seats, I'm just gonna take the cheapest one I can find. Um, I think 60 euros is the cheapest one, which is a lot cheaper than what I've seen Milan fans crying about on Twitter. Um, <laughs> so. Regarding that, my wallet's going to be relatively intact. Um, I don't know that, yeah, I've, this is going to be like my third Champions League game. I've been two seasons ago to against Slavia Praga, when it was 1-1. And the first Champions League match back at the Miata after eight years against Tottenham. I went there with my dad. Top three matches I've ever seen. Amazing. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, the Vecino header, wow. Oof. To be Fun fact, that. that's only a country ever took the corner for that goal, just so you know. Oh, uh, we're so you know. wrapping this time. is just a flat circle here, wrapping it all the way back around. But 
That's insane. Yeah. That's wow. I've never seen Enter in person, of course. Um, but one day, the the day I get there, the day I get there, man, I swear it's gonna be it's gonna be something. But all right, get moving on to what Christo is joining on the stream, which we're lucky. I guess it's smart to do now because if he's out, he still leaves his mark. He says, first of all, Bar Balkan supremacy. Um, you guys miss me, but I'll be joining you after we lose the Samp. Uh, very, very positive, very on brand. And then uh, uh, talking about Real, he says Ancelotti's an awful coach. I mean, I don't think he's awful, but I, I think he definitely has fallen upwards into that job. Like, I don't know why he's managing Real Madrid when he couldn't cut it at um, even Napoli. I mean, he had decent seasons in Napoli. It wasn't great. And then Everton, like, what was he doing at Everton? I don't know how this guy is in the Real Madrid seat where Zidane was and Zidane brought Champions Leagues. Like, I mean, you can't, you can't knock that guy. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's another thing. I'm sorry, bro. I think the thing is, is like he's um he's a company man, and that's what Real Madrid like. Um, I think it's the same thing for Juve, for example. Clubs like that, they they want a a, a coach that he knows the 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 way the club runs. He adheres to those rules, and he's good at also man managing, as far as the superstars go. So, um, I can I think that's that's why he had so much success. He was able to manage all those personalities and and all that. Now that squad is not as start studied anymore even though hazard is looking like he's catching his form back and bell is looking good so they do have their guys but i think that's his thing he's not no he's not a tactical genius by any stretch of the imagination nobody's talking about Ancelotti ball or carlo ball but he's very likable he knows how to to get the best out of his players and all his ex-players seem to love him for some reason yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. But tactically, I just I don't think he's got it anymore. to get the best out of Yeah, that was a blip there, but um. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. But oh my god! I don't think. Let's see if I can fix this rogue stream at the moment. Yeah, that was a blip there, but um. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Oh my god! I don't think. The fuck. Okay, let's see. Uh, still getting used to this new platform, but hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. I think I was talking about Ancelotti. Yeah, but that's another big thing is not having Zidane, who, you know, he wasn't regarded as the best tactician, but he was able to figure us out and run. He knew Champions League. That was his bread and butter. He ate that competition. Didn't matter what squad he had. Didn't matter who was available. And now to bring in Ancelotti, I think that's another reason why I like our chances a lot more than looking at them last season. But you mentioned Hazard. Is he like fit right now? Like I, I don't watch much of La Liga. I, I won't cap, but. Yeah, he is actually because um, I'll admit it. Um, I, I still watch every Belgium match because um. I'm not gonna say his name. He's still one of my favorite players. Um, and and Hazard, Hazard has been looking good. He's looking sharp, um, quick little movements, and he looks fit physically as well. So he's gonna give us problems. And um, 
also Bell, we got to give him credit. He, he scored a hat trick, I think, um, during the, the national break as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know any of that. Um, but I think it was two penalties, though, but still, hat trick is a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we see plenty of that from the guy that used to be at Juventus that I won't name, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like our chances still going into Real. Um, really hoping for a good start to the Champions League group. And then, like, it doesn't stop there. Like, I mean, right after that, three days later, another match. It's a home match against Bologna. Then three days later, you got midweek Champions League, or not Champions League, midweek Serie A um, against Fiorentina. I think that's away. Then Atalanta away. No, that's home. Atalanta home and then Shakhtar uh, away. So, I mean, it's a crazy rapid fire month. Um, I don't really know what to make of it. Um, let's start. Ian, what do you, how do you feel about just this whole month? Like, it looks really hectic. Are you still expecting, like, yeah, that, that was the word that I was going to use. It's so hectic. Like, Sampdoria, we know it's difficult. Madrid at home, it's going to be a brutal match, if you ask me. Bologna's all. I mean, not as always, but like it can be a difficult match. Fiorentina last season, the first game of the season, 4 3 with a D'Ambrosio goal for to win it. And then in injury time, I think, or like in the last five minutes, it was a difficult match. Atalanta always a test. Shakhtar, we know from like the last two seasons, like even the in the Europa League and last season, two draws. It's going to be difficult. And even after that, there's the Sassuolo match away. I just looked up like our schedule. And then, only then, we have the um, international break again. So it's going to be a, a slugfest. It's going to be brutal. Yeah, I never thought I'd probably by the end of that, I'll be looking forward to an international break. Never thought I'd say that. But um, <laughs> well, Dave, what do you think is probably the hardest match? Of course, we'll leave Real out of this. Which one do you think is going to cause us the most problems in September? Uh, the, the match, the, our first match, actually, actually, I believe the match we're going to play against um, Sampdoria coming up is going to be our, tarf- our toughest test is because um, of, of all these factors, we have guys coming back from the um, the international break. We have uh, guys like Sensi who's not fully fit. We have Dumfries who's not fully integrated, you know, so I feel like all those factors, that's what's going to make it tough for us. But um Surprisingly, I want to take the other route as far as the hectic month that we, we just spoke about. Um, I'm looking forward to it because um, looking at the schedule, I didn't only look at our schedule. I looked at our rivals' schedules as well. And um, in the next three or four match days, I believe we're the only um, top seven team who hasn't, well, who's, who are not going to be tested, especially in this area. Ah, you know, um, like this match day, we have Juve playing Napoli. We have Milan playing um, Lazio next week. I think we have Roma playing. There's a lot of direct confrontations, whereas we're getting, who do we have? Um, I think Ian said it earlier. We have um, Sampdoria coming up. After that, we have Bologna, and then we have Sassuolo or Fiorentina. Uh, Fiorentina, Atalanta, then Sassuolo. Fiorentina, Atalanta, then Sassuolo. So before Atalanta, I, I feel like we should, we should do whatever we need to do to, to make sure we, we collect all three points because we're going to be having much easier fixtures than our um, our rivals. And we, maybe we could build a little gap because it, it is going to get tough after that. And again, we, we've all been speaking about it. Um, what, what have we all been speaking about as far as the squad this year? Is that, oh, my God, okay, we did lose Lukaku, we lost Hakimi, but we gained so much depth, you know. And, hey, listen, that's that's when depth comes comes into play. 
when we get um a hectic schedule coming up we have to to interchange parts here and there and that's an advantage and hopefully we do we do take advantage of that and it shows on the table by the end by the time that we get to that next um that next uh, international break yeah that is a really good point i our, i guess our biggest test like top six wise top seven wise is going to be uh atalanta atalanta yeah yeah so i mean other than that like we're chilling like i was just looking like these um talked about rival schedules i pulled up juve's schedule you got napoli i mean they have malmo in the champions league i mean that might yeah. be kind of tough i mean you got to go to got to go to sweden yeah so maybe that'll maybe that'll trip them up a little bit but that doesn't really matter for us too much but right after that they have milan so that's yeah. that's a big match that's going to have some implications um so i mean yeah i and that's something when we did our previews and i've like talked to other people about previews for like or predictions for the season not previews but mm -hmm. talking about stuff like that um it was a couple matches in, of course and i was like i can't get a read on any of these top teams because they haven't played each other and we're gonna get that but it's gonna be an advantage for us because it's not us having to get into it yet we're gonna be able to see you know who's really coming up well against who before we have to brace to get into it which i really like um yeah um, now i'm really excited for uve milan next weekend uh 10 days from now that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun watch because it's just gonna be watching the world burn see who gets it the worst um yeah uh moving what can we move into as well i just um, want to say like this is the perfect time for us to escape to to really grab the top the top position you know because we should get the not the easy ones but like we should get the wins every single game up until like the lazio game which is like mid-october after the international break um while these teams are going to take points from each other you know and even that mental confidence you know just in the head like okay we're like three four five six seven points clear of them they played each other that should help us a lot even going into the in those matches again against the top seven teams yeah yeah we really need to get that you know little gap going before we get into that same you know run because if we don't have that run of fixtures right now like it's coming down the road like we, we can keep putting it off putting it off but eventually we're going to get on that murderer's row of top of course. four guys yeah. the schedule the schedule evens itself out eventually you know so uh it's like a it's like a race you know um we get we get the it's like we're, we're in the first corner whatever it's called I, I don't i don't know the the technicalities so we get to get the head start hopefully they don't they don't catch up to us yeah we got the inside track i i, I ran track come on dave nah you're good man um but yeah really really exciting stuff coming up um uh uncle sharma um tooting his own horn in our comments talking about Arturo Vidal season but I mean he's right like that's one of the guys really early on that I've really liked um I didn't I was I don't I'd have to go back um but I don't think I was ever terribly terribly hard because there were so many people that were like uh Vidal like needs to leave the club like that but like I was kind of I always thought that there was something good in there I didn't think it would be what we've seen like first few matches I think if that continues and like he's fine in like this like 30 minute super sub role that is great um i don't want to see him from the start that's how you get a red but <laughs> I, i'm really really liking vidal um ian what do you make of like some of these guys like vidal darmian these guys that we weren't expecting like stepping up so early and do you think they'll keep on at that level 
So for me, there are two spectrums of this. You know, you have the, the unexpected guy like Darmian who comes in quietly, but also isn't paid as much, you know, that's what I like about him. And he's consistent. He, he's, he's solid. You can count on him. And then you have Vidal. We know Vidal has like a hot streak when it comes to, to his temperament. Like he cost us, well, I won't say cost us, but like he got a red card against Madrid last, last season. Some games he wasn't that good. Then against Juventus, he scores the header. He's paid a crazy amount of wages. I don't mind him personally, but like for the amount of money he's getting paid to have that like winner's mentality and all, all that, maybe I would have expected a bit more for him from him. Even though he is 34, like still maybe a bit more, but I don't mind him. Like you can get better quality, better depth, um, better bench players, even for those like midweek games or, or the easier ones on the weekend in preparation of like the big match. It's coming up. I don't mind him personally. If he does his job well, like he has been doing under Inzaghi now, not really under Conte, like he like he was expected to. Like under Inzaghi, he's been really, really solid. I just hope it's not like a short fuse thing when like he, he just burns out and then goes back to being shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, I don't mind him. Damian, on the other hand, I love him. Consistent does things we we didn't really expect from him like when he came with the from the plane no one at the airport was there to greet him he left with the scudetto he he left with the winner's medal yeah that's a really good point i mean these really darmian wow like i wasn't expecting it like vidal like yeah he definitely had more expectation coming in like everyone knows his name everyone knows what he's done in his past but like darmian i mean when he came in, even I was like, this guy, like this guy, he was at like, man, you didn't really do anything. Went to like Parma of all places. I was like, why are we signing this guy? But I mean, he's coming in huge in this gap right now without Hakimi, of course. But I'm hoping that like this depth that we look like we have now with guys like this coming good, I'm hoping that stays because that's going to be huge for us this season because we were just talking about how like hectic, how chaotic this part of the schedule is. And like we're going to have two – or three more of these months where it's like, yeah, if you're in the Champions League, you're playing every three days, and you can't have the same players playing every three days, especially, like, up top you've got, you know, your frail guys like Sensi or you've got, or I guess Alexis now too. And then you have your older guys, also Alexis, uh, Dzeko. I mean, Vidal's older, but he's in that depth role. But we need these guys to all stay healthy and stay performing at this high level that, I mean, it is a small sample size. But if they can keep that up, I'm really liking our chances in, like, every competition this season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we got to give people flowers while they can still smell them. Uh, Vidal, um, to, to agree with Nick Knox down there in the comments, this was the exact moment where I was over. I was done with him. I think there was the, the pivotal match in the Champions League that we needed to beat Real Madrid, and he gets a, a stupid red just for arguing with the ref or some stuff like that. And that was the guy that was brought in and paid amongst the highest uh, earners on the squad um, and for him to bring his experience and his winning mentality. And here he was being the guy that we were losing because of. So I was I was done with him at that point. Um, I guess after that, he scored the goal against Juve, and um, I didn't mind him after that. But credit to Conte, um, I think – Erickson came to life, and we never saw Vidal after that. We we saw him made a couple of cameo appearances, but Conte uh, Conte really stuck to to Erickson, and that's the reason why we never saw Vidal. And but this season, 
we can already see the difference because I think Inzaghi is using him in a different role. Um, the first couple of matches, he's made tangible impacts on us winning. Um, I guess the first match, we were already winning. It didn't matter. He came with a goal and an assist. But the second match uh, that passed to Darmian that led to the to the uh, that that cross to for for Korea for the for the the two two to one goal that was beautiful. I see that um, Inzaghi, as opposed to what Conte was doing, Inzaghi seems to be using them as more of a register. I see him. Um, he he took off Rosso and replaced them with Vidal. So as opposed to having to to do all the busy work up and down like Barella, for example, uh, or or Sean at the end, he just sits back and mops up, which is something that he's very good at. I think he all that energy compressed into 30 minutes, 20 minutes at his age. That's 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 great. I mean, so I think that's that's a that's an asset. That's a key asset that that we have, and hopefully he can stay fit. That's always been the issue with those guys, um, those Chilean guys. Once they go on international duty, him and Alexis, they always pick up knocks for, for Chile because they play like warriors for for their NT. Oh, yeah, man. Like, I don't know what they do to those guys in training for the national team in Chile, but, oh, my God, the way that Alexis always comes back with something. And then the coach is like, it's not my fault. If he's healthy, I'm going to pick him. I'm like, dude, you're playing a friendly about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you're playing a friendly against, like, Paraguay. Like, you don't need him. Like, come on, like, give us a break. But, I mean, he stayed stayed um, in Milan, you know, getting healthy. I don't know what this calf thing was that they were talking about. It sounded like career ending. And then, like, guy posted a video of himself running up a mountain and now is, like, about to be fit again. I don't know what is going on with him. But, like, we need him healthy because I don't think Satriano is ready yet. I think he'll be an interesting player. And it, I saw that Inzaghi was the guy that like blocked his transfer, but he doesn't need to be starting any kind of big matches anytime soon. Well, speaking of Satriano. Yeah. I didn't know that. So I mean, Inzaghi sees something in him then. Yeah, definitely. Because he was, I forget where, oh, he's supposed to go to like Brest or somewhere, somewhere in France. Yeah, and how he blocked it. Yeah, yeah, he blocked it. I don't know if it was because he was worried about his depth at that point because mm. we didn't know much about Alexis yet. But yeah, he he said that, and like, if you're working with a guy that knows strikers, I mean, that's a good thing. Like, I trust Inzaghi a lot more to get something out of a young striker like Satriano than I would Conte. Like, Conte can he can build defenders, he can build midfielders, but like striker wise, I mean, I. I he didn't really do much with Esposito. I mean, I don't think they're not sure how much there is to do there. I mean, guys scoring bangers in Switzerland, as we talked about before. But, I mean, you also had Pinamonti, who, I mean, I think he's reached his ceiling. I think he's lower mid-table striker type. But I'm really, really liking how we have a manager that I know can develop attackers. Like, that's something that I didn't see as much with Conte. True, true, yeah. Um, I think one reason as well why Satriano was, was kept at Inter was because, yeah, like you said, we didn't know if we were going to get Correa. I just looked up. Uh, Satriano, he's 187 centimeters. That's, I think, like six foot five. Um, he's like the perfect vice Jacob. Like, even um, with Tuku Correa, he's like 188 centimeters, still six five, six six. Um, he can provide depth, but like, how much? 
game, uh, how much playing time is he going to get realistically? Like maybe a cameo for like 10 or 15 minutes in the end when the game is already done and dusted, but more than that, I can't see him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's also that fine line between where you want a kid to get playing time, but you also want to keep him. You want him to be playing for you, but you don't want him to rot on your own bench. Like yeah. it's a very, it's a, it's a problem that I'm glad I'm not a manager that has to deal with. Like, I, I, on FM, like it's much easier to deal with. So, um, but I think that to to his um his benefit, if if he has the right mindset, he could use this year and learn a whole lot. You know, because you have a guy like Zeko, man, what a striker! He, he the guy can no longer move, but he still he still finds a way to be effective, and he has a good impact on the game. So maybe Satriano could spend some time training with those guys, training at that level, knowing what it takes seeing what it takes to to be uh to play for a team like inter because every everything i've been reading reading about him is that he has he's a mentality monster he's crazy he's he has that grinta that um Uruguayan grinta that people are saying so hopefully um he, he he is that killer that 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 people think that he could be but um if you don't mind i wanted to to, to go back to talk about dumfries since we're freestyling a little bit um I saw uh, there was a video going around of his performance against uh, what was the team? The second match it was, um, and most people were trashing it, saying they don't see anything special, they don't see any technical ability. Darmian's gonna be the starter and stuff like that. What I wanted to say is that I do agree. I do see why people say that. The guy is not, uh, especially the fact that he was playing in a four-three-three, so he was playing uh, as a right back as opposed to being a right wing back. So that, that limits his his uh, his license as far as going forward goes. So you only see him on overlapping runs and stuff like that. And when you did see him, he did he did what he needed to do. The thing about the wing back position, I feel like in football, it's one of those positions that you don't need much thinking. It's 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 kind of simple. It's a lot of going up and down. You just need to know when to go up, when to go down, and stuff like that. And he has the uh, the athletic ability to do it. He seems to understand it. I think he'll do fine, man. So the people that, that have doubts about Dumfries, I just wanted to add that little comment in there that he just has the he has the per, the, the prototypical body for the position and the skills. I feel like we could just polish him into what we need him to be. All right. So on the record for every Dumfries hater, I guess there's a few out there, but Dave's got you on pack watch. Y'all oh, better you know watch me. out. You know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I watched a little bit of the Dutch team and our Dutch guys were just eating this international break. Like I watched the match against Turkey and um, you had DeVry. I think he was beside, was he the right-sided center back? I can't remember, but yeah, him and right Dumfries side. both starting, working together. I mean, they destroyed Turkey. There was one point where um, uh, Dumfries like just blew right by Chalanolu and I was like, oh, there we go. But yeah, I'm really excited. He really got me hyped watching those matches. And it's good to see DeVry, you know, getting some starts for the national team, getting that recognition because it's always been Van Dyke and DeLict. And Van Hall has come in and finally said, like, let's get the, like, this guy deserves some respect. Let's get him in there. Let's see what he can do. And I'm really happy for him in that respect because we all know it. We've seen him in Serie A since, like, his, um, excuse me, sorry, his days at, um, at Lazio and, like, 
he's always been a solid defender. Now he's getting even better with age, and I'm glad to see him out there, even though I do worry. Like, our, our center back depth isn't the greatest, and I don't want any of those guys to get injured. And then we have to see, like, Kolarov or anyone like that. But I, I'm really, really looking – really liking what we're seeing. And speaking of injuries, I want to talk about Sensi a little bit. Um, I'm really excited for the Samp match because I'm ready to see him behind um, Jekko again. I thought that was a really interesting tactical thing, and I think that can also be really fluid with the midfield because, I mean, he can do the same. He can play all those midfield positions when he's fit. And I think especially with um, with Chalanolu, if he starts as well, I think there's a lot of fluidity between those two guys because they can both play that like second striker position and can play deeper as well. So if you well, guys want to take I'm sorry. I, I was I was gonna let Ian go because you know. No, like, I was like, who wants to take talking? it? Tossing it up. Once, once um, I start talking, enter, man. I don't stop. But um, yes. back, to on, guys, <laughs> back to my guy, back to my guy, man. Um, I think I, I agree with you, Mikey. I think that's a great point. Um, I don't think that people mention enough the difference between the two matches. Of course, Genoa they always lay down for us or whatnot, and we have the excitement of the first match of the season, so we had fire in our in our eyes and the fans and our at our backs or whatnot. But I feel like Sensi deserves credit as well for how we, we did dismantle Genoa because him and Zeko, they found a, a great understanding. Zeko for uh, dropping back, him dropping back as well. At some point, we did not have a, a number nine up there as a reference point. That's how much the team, that's how fluid the team was to use your, the same word as you said, um, Mikey. So I think that, um, I, not that I think, I'm curious to see if it's the same thing, if Sensi starts. so And that way we could start giving him the credit for, for that fluidity. Because although we did look good with, with uh, Lotaro and Zeko, it was not the same thing, we must admit. So if if we play um, Sampdoria and we see it's the same thing, we're running them ragged, they can't, they don't know how to defend us. They're, we're dragging their defenders all the way out of place because they got to follow Zeko, they got to follow Sensi, and they were scoring loads of goals. Then Izagi, Izagi may have been onto something, and we got to give cre- um, Sensi credit. Yeah, um, go ahead. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, like, it is going to be interesting to see if Sensi does play like as a second striker against Sampdoria as well, because Sampdoria does play like a a low block four-two-three-one. Um, I'm just looking like their last few games how they played, like even against Milan, like a big team. Um, they they most they mostly just let like let the pressure soak in and then just try and hit on the counter. You know, one of those magical t- and Antonio can drive across us. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like because against Genoa, like you said, they always like lay down for us, like us smack them. Like it was the first game of the season. It's going to be obviously a bit easier than anything else um, than any other game. But like even even against uh, Sampdoria now, I think it's going to be more difficult for Sensi. One, if he really had like that muscle injury again or whatever that or that, sorry, whatever it was, um, it's going to be more difficult for him. Like Sampdoria is a rougher team than Genoa. It's going to be a bit more difficult for him on that note as well. Like defenders are going to be fought, um, tackling him harder. Um, even in the midfield, you have uh, Ekdal and Thorsby who at least from what I remember, like are a bit more tough defenders. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I really hope we could see like a Lotaro uh, Tuku Korea partnership, but like if he is, um, if Nzagi is 
planning on using that on the midweek game against Real Madrid. I'm more than happy taking chances with Jekko and Sensi. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting dynamic. And like Dave said, if it works and like we see like the Jekko Sensi like lineup really like battering defenses, like I think that is a perfect like you let those two guys go on the weekend in Serie A. They both know that league, and then you go for a more like modern football type um, look when you have Correa and Lautaro who are going to run and be more attacking, like really high energy guys. Um, and you really need that in the Champions League, as we've seen, because we've had all these traditional Italian managers who go out and try to play Italian football on the European stage, and it just doesn't doesn't quite work. Like, you have to be going like a million miles an hour the whole time. You really have to be attacking. You really have to be fluid and creative to really do something in the Champions League, which, I mean, we haven't seen. So I'm really liking that idea. I think it's... Inzaghi doing something really proactive, kind of acknowledging that, you know, the past hasn't worked out. I mean, it's the same thing he did at Lazio. Like, I mean, he got that squad, like, and they weren't even, like, fully fit, but he was dragging them, like, through the Champions League, at least to whichever round they got. I think they just got out of the group and then lost mm-hmm. to Bayern in the first knockout round. But it was better than what we did. So I'm really excited for that. I think that's going to be something to really watch out for. Um, I don't think we can stress the importance of Inzaghi as a coach right now. Like, we can't stress it enough because whatever he does is going to be how this team goes. And I really like what I've seen so far. It's still a small sample size, but I'm probably overhyping it a bit. I'll probably come back to this in a few months and be like, oh, what was I saying? But for now, I am blindly optimistic, especially about the Champions League and especially about our depth and, like, rotations and stuff because it's really a Marotta special. Like, I mean, you get the big bucks for the big-name guy if you have to. Like, if something comes in you can't refuse or he wants to leave, I mean, you have the Pogba situation at Juve. But they use that – he uses that money so well in his teams when he gets that where it's spread out and you have more depth. And they did it with no money. Like, I mean – Free transfers, Jekko, Chalinolu, um, you know, um, loan for Correa right now. I mean, it's – I just really like what's going on. Dumfries as well. Like, I really like what I'm seeing. Yeah, it is. It's going to be very, very exciting to see. Like, what I hope is that Inzaghi is not as stubborn as Antonio Conte was. Regardless where, where like, whatever happens, happens. But, like, Inzaghi has that record of going – at least out of the knockouts. We had a better team with uh, when Conte was at Inter than what Lazio had with Inzaghi when he was still there, and they still made it out. Like, you know, you see, it is, it is. This yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm thinking that Inzaghi is not going to be that stubborn. Like, we see him making earlier changes. We see him kind of experimenting, whether it's because of injury or suspension, but he d- did the whole... Jekyll Lautaro, Sensi. I mean, I wasn't expecting Sensi as a second striker at all. I was like, if anyone's going to do that, if that is in the midfield, it's going to be Chalanoli. But if he feels more comfortable putting him deeper in the midfield and kind of carrying the ball out from there, like, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, he's kept the same defensive structure pretty much that was so, like, effective. I mean, they play a little bit higher up now, but that might burn us a little bit. But if we're scoring more, you can af- you can afford to let in a extra goal or two and then of course like the aging of Hendanovic doesn't help with goals but 
Um, I'm going to use that. going to use that to segue into the talk about Onana, who didn't move from Ajax. He stayed and is going to run out his contract, and everything kind of indicates that that's Inter. Like, he's coming to Inter for that. Um, well, how do you guys feel about him, and do you think he'll – be like a worthy heir for hand damage. Uh, Dave, you want to take that on you, dude? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Onana, I'm, I'm super excited about him, to be honest. And um, it seems like a, a lot of stuff have been going on behind the scenes. Uh, first off, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dino. I wanted to acknowledge you first. Anything <laughs> that has some 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 slander towards Risto is, is welcome here. So, Dino, thank you. <laughs> great, great comment. But, um, Onana, back to Onana. Um, I'm I'm excited about about it because I see a lot of stuff have been going on behind the scenes. Supposedly, um, he spent all summer negotiating with with Lyon, and um, once they finally reached an agreement, and then um, Ajax were ready to sell him, he he, he decided he didn't want to agree with them anymore. So supposedly, it's a tactic to to make sure that he can run out his contract and not be moved to a place that he doesn't want to move. And supposedly we, we have an agreement already and we've already paid the agents or whatnot. I'll see if I could find the old articles. It's not, they were not big sources. That's why I never really gave him any um, any uh, attention. But there's a lot of stuff out there about the Onana situation, a lot of speculation. Um, now, as far as the player itself, last time we saw him, he was uh, easily one of the best young uh, goalkeepers in Europe. Um, Playing well with his feet, um, and the Ajax team that was beating that they, they beat Juve. They were they were beating a lot of good teams uh, at the time, and uh, Onana were, was making a lot of saves, and not only um, reflex saves, but good good goalkeeper saves. He's a big kid. He's 25, so that means as a keeper, he's he's young, and he's coming to Italy, so that means he has another level that he can still improve. Because I believe as far as goalkeepers, defenders, Italy is where you come to school, you know. So I think he will improve further. Now, there is the question of, okay, a guy hasn't played football for a, a year. So there is that match fitness, that match awareness uh, uh, issue. So um, I feel like we can solve that hopefully by lowballing them in January just to bring him in and see if we can get him acclimated sooner and, and let Andanovic pretty much run out his contract. That would be a very good uh, um, transition. So um, long-winded as always, but I'm, I'm super excited about Onana, man. I, I hope it's true and I hope we get him. Yeah, I just want to acknowledge, I think we did talk about this on the last episode, but I think that, I think that was before the window was officially closed. I can't remember. Mm. But mm. yeah, that's what's got me really hyped is that the window's closed. Like that this is like either January or June, something's going to happen. Um, Ian, I know your number one Hendanovich man from the same town. That's your that's your boy. That's your boy. You better have his back. But what you got on him? See, I, I love the prospect of Onana coming to Inter to replace Hendanovich. I think he's more than good to do it. Um, I hope he, start, he starts learning Italian soon. Um, he has the reflexes. He has like shot blocking. He, he can play with his feet. I love all of that about him. The one thing that worries me is he hasn't been training since February. He, he's he been demoted to Ajax Young uh, team, which means he's not even going to like face any real competition, even if he's going <laughs> to... Okay. 
um, even if he's ever going to face any type of strikers, it's not going to be the same type of competition um, as he would like in, even in the FWZ or even in the Champions League, because in, the, in that same time, Ajax had replaced him, even if it was his own fault for getting suspended for almost a year now, um, or eight months to get to um, in the end, doesn't matter. What more worries me is that he's still going to be out of like match practice. He's like, going to like lack the sharpness. Um, even until the end of the season, he's not really going to play any competition, really. So that's what worries me, that he doesn't lose that edge, that he doesn't like forget how to play with his feet. That sometimes goalkeepers just seem to forget. Like, you know, you saw it with Kepa Ariza Bagala when he left uh, Bilbao into Chelsea. He just seems brain dead at times. Um, he's, he seems to be picking it up now. He seems to be getting better. Uh, won, won them the, the Super Cup European or whatever it was. Um, he can stop the penalties now. I hope same happens with with um, Onana. Yeah, we're getting we're we're getting some comments. The laugh in the middle for whoever's listening afterwards on you know streaming platforms. We're being a bit bombed by Rocky Bobby on his serious podcast account. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've got Saeed down here too. S eleven. He's honest too, but yeah, I agree. There is a, a little bit of reason to be, you know, um, a little cautious around Anana because of the suspension and because of, you know, I've always had kind of a, uh, not a great relationship with the Eredivisie. Like I always worry about guys coming from that league about the same way that I worry about guys coming from like Portugal. Um, it's just a big jump in quality and a lot of players can make it, but a lot of them also can and, I'm hoping that he's one of the ones that can. I mean, he's shown it in the Champions League. He was a part of that, if I'm not mistaken, the Ajax team that knocked out Juve, knocked out Real. So, I mean, that, that he's been on the big stage, but to do it in one of the top leagues as well as doing it in the Champions League, I mean, it'll, it'll be a challenge if, of course, he comes. I think he will, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> God, Saeed, bro, getting all kinds of all kinds of stuff in the chat right now. Who's the bigger snake, Christo for not showing up, or the one in Mikey's bathroom? For that backstory, anyone who missed, I had like a four foot snake in my bathroom. I uh, don't know how it happened, but it was not. He's not talking not about his penis either. So yeah, yeah, it's not, 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 not even. I wish it was. I wish it was a joke. I wish it was a joke. But yeah, that was that. That was my Twitter escapade yesterday. Um, but yeah, Hristo, Hristo, uh, he he told us he wasn't showing up. He sent he sent a pic in our pod chat. Like he's he, he's out and he sent a picture of his beer. So like I mean, he's living it up, man. I'm the I'm the one here doing a podcast. I can't I can't rag on my guy. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but we'll move on to actually something that I wanted to ask. I just wanted to ask Ian because he was rattling off some of the matches he's been to. I wanted to see if you could give us a list of like your top in-person matches. Top in-person matches. Is this all clubs or just interrelated? We'll do both. We'll do we'll one do inter and uh, one one clubs because it's very rare that we get a well-traveled man in, the, in, in these parts. <laughs> um, so like regarding inter, it has to be, I'm tossed between number one being inter versus Tottenham to one, you know, that, that comeback. Um, Thank you, Sharma, for having my back. <laughs> um, it's, 
it's like you know the the inter Tottenham. It was the atmosphere was amazing. I'll I'll send a couple of videos later. You can have you can post them on your uh, on your podcast page as well. It was after eight or nine long years having Champions League back at the Giuseppe Meazza. It was it was amazing. The people, the the atmosphere, even the players themselves. It it just felt something different. It was electrifying, you know. Um, <laughs> um, but the other one that might surprise you guys is that my first ever match was against Napoli. It was, I think, in season 2017-2018, um, and we lost that one due to a Nagatomo error, and then um, a patented, um, what was it, Jose Calefon goal at the far post, you know, just across to him, and like he just does something at the far post and somehow it goes in. Um, just from the perspective that is, it was my first match. It, it was amazing, nonetheless, even that we lost. Um, so yeah, but I still think like the Inter Tottenham match was was great. Um, in the Slavia Praha, like the the Barella goal, I saw it like I was on the stands at the, at the uh, that goal. It was none of us expected it. Like some Italian guy just started chatting shit to me, like, "Oh, what the fuck, come on, this is uh, embarrassing." <laughs> I was just like, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> um, no, but yeah, like it was still amazing. Um, so yeah, I hope that this Real Madrid trip is going to be good. It's going to be worth it. Um, I'm traveling alone. I'm gonna be leaving with the train at like four or five in the morning, <laughs> just so I can like catch the city again. Um, even before the game starts, I'm gonna be traveling back home the same day at like two or two in the morning. So I have work next next morning at eleven. So sacrifices. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, do what um, you gotta do. But regarding like all, all the other matches that I've been, um, there's my local team, uh, Olympia Ljubljana. It's like from the capital of Slovenia. When we won our first league trophy in like 28 years, so like even after Yugoslavia broke up, I don't know how much you guys know about that. But we haven't been like in a, in a win position for like 28 years. I've been to the, to the match that where we won it. It was a bullshit penalty. I'm sure it was rigged. Doesn't matter. We all still crowded the pitch afterwards. I got the corner flag. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <Dick. laughs> that's great. Um, we threw beer on on the players. We we chanted. It, it was amazing. It was it was it was a true Balkan experience. Um, it was nice. But yeah, I've been to lots more of like these uh, local matches for my teams. Um, even to to Slovenia games. It's. It's a bit more boring. It's a bit more dead. I've been to the to the latest one. Um, it was against Malta. I just had like a Bosnian bloke drunk to me next to me. He was like drinking beer from seven in the morning because he had like a footy tournament, and then he was just like drinking. And he was like, in the middle of the game. He was like, "I think I'm hungover. I just need to grab another beer." <laughs> it was amazing. It, it was like a great time. Yeah, that's great. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. So I mean, yeah, you, you, you never You can never stop drinking. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. That going back to the the Tottenham match, that was such a great time in like being an Inter fan because that was like first big game back after like the last big match of La the season before. Of course, the Vecino header against Lazio against our former co or our now coach. And now star center back, um, but it's funny to see. But just I had this feeling. I, I, I guess we're doing 
we're, we're doing story time now, but when we had that corner for that goal against Tottenham, I was like, yeah, I just had a feeling. I stood up. Like, I was sitting in my room, like, not doing anything, nobody around. But I just stood up. I was like, somebody's about to head this corner in. And it went in, and I was like, wow. And, like, going crazy in my own, like, <laughs> room, nobody around, nobody. Like, I was <laughs> Like nobody around me like watches football, so they were just like, "What are you doing?" Like my roommates, like just all confused. But yeah, that was a great moment. I couldn't imagine that live, but <laughs> like that place had to be insane. Like falling over everybody. Like it, it, it was, um, it was something else. It was one once in a lifetime kind of event. Um, when we were still losing, I, I still remember it was it was an Ericsson goal. Somehow made it in against Handanovic, who tried to laser save it with his eyes. Um, that's a meme. Um, and then when it was still one nil, like I remember, my dad was next to me, and I know Saeed or someone's gonna call me out and say this is bullshit. <laughs> and I thought it's a true story. I swear. Um, it will, he said, "All right, if they if they draw this, we might go to another game. If we win, if you if we win this." We're definitely going to another game. I said, all right, but we're gonna lose. I completely lost hope. Then that Mauro Cardi volley, bullet straight into the net. I was like, okay, okay. And then like even the Vecino header was something special. The whole stadium just erupting. Yeah, that's Vecino crazy. Header. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. My bad. It's it's crazy how life comes full circle, man. Because I'm I'm thinking now that you reminded me of um of that volley from McCarty, man. I'm thinking to myself the feelings that I had for this guy at the time because I had been telling my friends about Icardi all alone and here he was scoring a worldly and on the biggest stage like because nobody was like everybody was like yeah he's just a Syria a player farmers league he can't do nothing on the big stage and a beautiful volley like that I loved that guy at, the, at that time and now I can't stand him so you see how life works man full circle yeah yeah the drama with our nines these days well not now Jekko the consummate professional I don't think we have to worry about it now but I mean Accardi how that went sour and then our our guy our boy Lukaku I mean I hate to say it but yeah after he left and now he's like out tweet oh the Lukaku shirt oof Ooh. is the sponsor on the front is it sponsorless no nah, no nah. I got it I got it sponsorless that's why that's why I have Lukaku. oh he's got the drip he got the sponsorless because <laughs> I got it I got it right away but um, I should have waited. <laughs> yeah, and then Saeed in the comments going the same way I was about to go. Like, he left. He went back to England where he knows, like, the pressure's high. Like, talking about Lukaku. Pressure's high. They don't, like, he knows his reputation there. But mm -hmm. now he's on Twitter, like, being, like, all oh, people's perceptions. I'm like, you knew what yeah, the perception was. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that, like. And when he was with us, it was none of that. It was always coming in saying it's something positive or after a match or something like that. So now you could tell that he has he's, he's starting to feel the pressure because watching the Liverpool match, man, uh, they were on his ass. When, that one time he was trying to run with the ball and all that stuff. They were he had a couple Rikaku moments. So I'm just sitting there watching now, man. It's no longer my business. So yeah. I'll re I'll retweet maybe, but that's the most he'll get out of me. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. might be a bit more passive, but that was just retweeting. Four Free Free on Instagram asked, like, if, if Lukaku were to make a song, what would he do? I'm in the comments. I'm like, loved by Inter fans, still betraying them, featuring Jay Z. I'm all on it. <laughs> Fuck you, Lukaku. <laughs> oof, oof, oof. 
politics fucking yep. I don't even care. <laughs> Damn, we, Lukaku talk got the chat, got us all in therapy mode. We got like, we got Fern can't wear his Lukaku shirt from last year. It hurts. Um, <laughs> Sharma talking about Christo tweeting at Lukaku every day since he's left. I mean, <laughs> We're throwing it. We're throwing the defenseless under the bus. Uh, we got next Hukaku. Hukaku. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually watch. I have not watched Chelsea since Lukaku went. I'm kind of on a. I'm on a Premier League personal cleanse. I'm not really watching the Prem right now. I didn't watch last season. I, I guess I'm gonna take this season off too, and then maybe next season be ready. But I guess we'll see. I do want to. It's probably for the memes, but, you know, asking thoughts on Raspadori. Uh, this will be one of our last things before we get out of here. Um, I mean, I, I think he's all right. I haven't seen enough for, of him. I don't think he's had the sample size to really prove yet. I mean, everyone likes him. He's had good – like, everyone in the media seems to like him. He's had a good start to his career, but I think there's still, like – I want to see him do some more before, like, we go in for, like, however much they're going to ask for because, you know, Sassuolo still drive a hard bargain. Um, but Ian, what do you think, Raspadori? Personally, I haven't seen like much of him, but from what I've seen, like the, the compilations, obviously the compilations are not a good sample size. We know with Raw Mario, what happens when you watch compilations and like you judge your player off that. But still, from what I've seen, and even in the last match of Italy, when he most keen, just shown. It, and he's an interista, you know, even if he does get to wear the jersey, even if he does join the club, he might work harder, he might strive to hit that his upper ceiling to break the ceiling, what everyone expects of him. Um, for the for for now, I think let him be at San Suolo. If he really is an interest, like everyone says, like I've seen like his old prof, uh, Facebook profile or even the, this Facebook profile, and he's like, your son interista photos and all that, like inter wallpapers and everything like that. He wouldn't move like to a big rival like Milan or Juventus. So we do still have a chance of picking him up, even if he leaves the swallow. But for now, just let him be. Like at least one more decent season, and then we can like maybe seriously start saying, all right, Jacob's getting older. Maybe we bring Raspadori in, develop a new system or something like that. Because like for Conte, when we were linked with him, he wasn't really a great fit. We all know that. Like Conte has like a a Lukaku for the center of attention, like playing with his back against the the in the goal, um, and then have like Lautaro sometimes miss, sometimes hit the shots. You never really know. Um, so for now, I would say let Prospadori chill, develop, come back in one year's time, one and a half year's time, evaluate the situation again, and then see if he's worth picking up or not. Yeah, and talking about him being an interista, I do think I saw where like he turned down like he saw like Sassuolo negotiating with Juventus for him and he kind of came in and was like yeah no like like he was he shot that down like he was like in basically enter or nothing and I mean I guess that's kind of the same thing with Berardi I forget if he's a Milanista or an Interista but I remember him shooting down a Juve deal or like they had half his ownership at one point like I remember that being a whole drama but uh, dealing with Sassuolo just seems like hell man like those guys, they, they there's a reason they hold on to um, Berardi for so long. There's a reason they've got guys like Bolga, who are still there. Like um, they even got they got a pretty penny for Locatelli, who after leaving Milan, you know nobody really 
thought too much of him, but then developed him into this guy who, you know, had his time in the sun at the Euros. Like, uh, respect to them, but yeah, I think, I think it's gonna be a little bit before I really have a good read on Raspadori. Maybe I just need to watch more Sassuolo. I usually do. I haven't seen him like play like, but maybe with Caputo leaving, they're putting more eggs in that basket. So I guess we'll see. Uh, Dave, what do you think about him? Um, I'm I'm full on on the on the bandwagon. Um, after we get off, I'm gonna find my old tweets, but um. It's, it's one of those guys that once you see him, like there's something that pops out about him to me. Uh, he's like, he's super combative. He reminds me a bit of, a little bit of Lotaro, a nicer Lotaro, but he has that same grinta, that same work ethic, a little bit of Aguero as well. Um, he's good. He's actually good holding up the ball. I'm sure you guys saw that watching the last Italy game. And he's, he's good as far as linking up and pass and move, all of that. But he's tiny. That's the only issue I have with him. He's he's super small, and we already have Lotaro, who seems that he's gonna be the guy going forward at Inter. So um, that's the only issue I have. But as far as the talent, I think he is he is a, a he is a real talent, and um, I think that we'll find out this season because Sassuolo, by letting go of Chicho Caputo, like you said, uh, Mikey, they're they're going all in on him, and he already scored a beautiful goal. He's he's already got a goal. You know, so um, I think this season is, is supposed to be the season um, that he shows what he can do, and then hopefully we can get him on a, a free loan with with option to buy, just like the same special they gave um, Juve for Locatelli. Hopefully. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the Aguero. A lot of people compare him to Aguero. Um, Fern says he's like really not aesthetically, is it athletically? I can't read. Doesn't do anything athletically too outstanding. Has a nose for goal. Uh, he's a little bit awkward. Fox in the box type. Um, that sounds a bit like a Cardi. Um, but I guess we'll see. Um, I think he's got a lot, a lot of growing to do. I know he's still young. He, he's also he's on the short side, isn't he? He always, at least from what I've seen, like he looks like a shorter guy. That's why but, I said he's tiny. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got. But yeah, I'll go ahead. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I just looked it up. Oh, Rasputin is 172 centimeters. That's like five foot eight, five foot nine, something like that. Not really uh, tall. Also, offshoot. I really respect that you can go from centimeters to feet and inches because I can't do that. Uh, U.S. U.S. education system failed me. Like I'm in grad school, still don't know how to go centimeters to inches. But <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I respect that. But um, yeah, short guy. Um, let's get through a couple of these comments and then get out of here. Um, a lot of BSing from some of the, some guys that we know. Uh, appreciate Fern A um, defending me from Saeed. Um, <laughs> Saeed talking about me. Yeah, trying to make a show out of this. Not nah, this is fun. This is this is this is why we switched to this format. We, it's yeah, much man, more we like it. We like it. We like it. The fact that it's interactive. Thanks for the support, guys. Um, we we need more people actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll keep growing uh, as as we do this more, get more accustomed. We, we don't have blips where we just start like echoing like we were. Um, don't know what happened there, but yeah. Thanks everyone in the comments. Um, Saeed, Fern, Dino, um, Rocky Bobby was here for a minute. Um, Uncle Sharma. We had Nick's, Nick's Sharma. Like, thanks guys. Like, really appreciate it. Um, the more, I mean, if you're listening to this as we stream, or if you're streaming it later, like. Um, we're not the best at scheduling, but 
if you catch us, if you catch us on, come on, drop a couple questions, come chat, we'll get it in. Um, and yeah, um, really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate Ian coming on. Is there like uh, plug your um, Twitter for us or anything else? Uh, nothing to plug. I just want to ask when's the Manscaped um, plug coming in. We ain't that big yet. We humble, okay? <laughs> we, we, yeah, we, we, don't, we don't have a code yet. <laughs> we got. We have Manscaped slide in the. Um, I think it was the pod pod Gmail a while back, but then we hit up. I hit up Dono who had. You know, plug was plugging them on Calcio Connection for a bit, and he said that like, yeah, it's purely commissions. Like, they'll send you the free, um, the free whatever lawnmower, weed whacker, whatever the hell they call that thing. It sounds like going to Home Depot, but yeah, I said it was purely commissions, and like, it's not really worth it. And I don't think I can talk about balls to, you know, a bunch of like our guys watching. I can't do it, man. I can't talk about balls on the internet for twenty minutes for nothing. No, no, listen, you have to treat your balls like Inter treats Sensi. You have to take it carefully. You have to do it slow. You make sure no one gets injured in the end of it. You know? <laughs> we'll get you to do the plug, bro. Um, I mean, I did study marketing for a bit, so you know, maybe. <laughs> Free advertising right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So use our non-existent code. Just actually just send us money, um, please. But <laughs> kidding. But um, yeah, thanks, Ian, for coming on. Dave, as always, it's been good talking. Um, thanks, and thanks everyone who has come in, listened, commented. Um, should be up pretty soon on here and everywhere else. And yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one. All right, peace.